Hello, this is Bobby Newman, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's Research Minutes, the CIPRI Knowledge Hub's weekly podcast, where we interview researchers about the latest work being done in the field to help improve education. This week, it's a pleasure to speak to Beth Schuler from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government about her study, Can States Take Over and Turn Around School Districts? Evidence from Lawrence, Massachusetts. This article is recently published in Educational Evaluation and policy analysis. Beth, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Our conversation is timely given that last month a report came out that SIG funded school models had no impact on test scores or graduation rates. I know your work is different on many levels, one being that you studied an entire district and not just a school. So can you start the conversation today giving us a brief overview of what you studied? Sure, thanks for um, the invitation to, to be here. So um, this is a study that uh, I conducted in collaboration with Josh Goodman and Dave Deming, uh, looking at the effects of the state of Massachusetts 2012 takeover and attempted turnaround of the Lawrence public school system. So as you mentioned, um, this was kind of a district-wide takeover and and turnaround effort. Lawrence is uh, a medium-sized district, serves about 13,000 students. 90% of them are low income, 70% are learning English as a second language. And based on sort of a record of underperformance, the state took over the district, appointed what is called a receiver, who was then given all the authority that had previously been held by both the superintendent and the school committee. And he was also given new authorities to amend portions of the collective bargaining agreement and you know, extend learning time throughout the district, change policy district-wide. Importantly, I think the district did not experience um, funding increases over this period relative to, you know, that were greater than the the increases that we saw in the state kind of as a whole. Um, And so just to briefly give you a bit of info about kind of what leaders did do with that new authority, um, essentially the receiver and his team implemented kind of four major reforms over the first two years. One was an effort to increase school-level autonomy and accountability. Um, They also cut the central office budget by about 25% and and pushed some funds to the school level. The second piece was an emphasis on increasing learning time. The third was an increased emphasis on using data to drive instructional improvement. And the fourth was an effort to improve human capital throughout the district. Any changes in the school, aside from all of the governance and authority changes you just mentioned? Yeah, so uh, essentially what we try to do in the paper is assess whether differences in academic achievement for Lawrence students kind of before and after the the turnaround implementation was larger or any different than for the, you know, the difference in achievement over that same period for very similar students in very similar districts that were not experiencing turnaround over this period. Um, And so what we find is by year two, Um, There were large effects for Lawrence students in math achievement. Um, There were large positive effects. There were um, small positive effects in English language arts. And we found kind of no slippage on sort of non-test outcomes like uh, attendance and uh, uh, graduation for, um, you know, existing 12th graders. Um, And then some evidence of improvement on grade progression among high school students. Why did you select Lawrence? Yeah, so um, I, w- I would say the first thing is because, you know, it, it, as you mentioned, because it was a, a district. So 
um, you know, most uh, turnaround research has tended in the past to focus on school level turnarounds. So some of the, the school improvement grant um, research, for example, uh, but there's been less attention paid to kind of district wide efforts. Earlier, you mentioned that the district did shift quite dramatically from a district of compliance to more school support focused. Like you mentioned, they changed them, they shifted the money down to the school level. That was one of the examples. Um, but in general, it resulted in a portfolio management model because you had a, a, quite a few different models going on. Can you explain what that looked like and what was the impact of that change? Sure. So, um, you know, I think typically the way I think of a portfolio management model is. Um, a, a district system in which the central office um, or the the kind of the district oversees and holds accountable a diverse supply of uh, school operators, right, that are managing and operating the individual schools. And typically, parents are provided with uh, school choice options in, in a portfolio management system. So Lawrence implemented a kind of version of portfolio management with some notable differences from the, the typical model. So importantly, most of the schools in the district remained under under the central office management. All of them were given kind of additional autonomy, um, but in a sort of differentiated way. So there were some schools that were high performing prior to receivership. Those schools were given a lot of autonomy. Some of the schools that were more in the middle in terms of performance were given a little less autonomy, more hands-on central office supports like the ones that that you uh, you know that motivated your question, and then a small handful of the lowest performing schools were actually handed over to outside operators. Um, and interestingly, those outside operators were really diverse. They ranged from charter management groups to the local teachers union, uh, which is kind of co-managing a school with the district. So you you mentioned that the district established a link between the policymakers and the teachers, and in your paper you called them the teacher leader cabinet. Can you tell me more about the teacher leadership opportunities that were created under receivership? Yeah, sure. Um, so in, indeed, um, there was an increased emphasis, you know, under receivership on uh, kind of providing teachers with with leadership opportunities, which I think is, you know, in in some ways might seem or sound counterintuitive. It's a little bit different than what we, we often think of when we think about takeover or turnaround. Um, so the teacher leader cabinet is one example, which is a group that you know directly advises district level leaders. The leaders also uh, signed a new uh, teacher contract in the second year of, of receivership, and that created a career ladder system that provides kind of additional uh, leadership opportunities for teachers when they move up um, to the higher levels of, of the ladder. There was also uh, the creation of uh, teacher leadership teams that were uh, that are involved with school level decision making, and that's something that you know, the union really advocated for um, and the district kind of uh, leaders, you know, went with uh, at, at their urging. Um, and so the, the teachers were actively involved in, um, I guess, facilitating what you mentioned uh, are acceleration academies or small learning groups. Um, can you tell me uh, a little bit about those and what did you find? Sure. Yeah. So um, the the acceleration academy program is one piece of the turnaround reforms that uh, we actually were able to to try to kind of um, isolate in terms of look, trying to look at the impact of those programs sort of separate from the rest of the of the turnaround. So we were able to track who participated and 
in which years, in which subjects. And so these were programs where the district recruited teachers that they considered to be high quality, most of them from within the district, but some from outside, and had them work with struggling students in a, on a single subject in small groups of about 10 over week-long vacation breaks. So a single week of kind of intensive instruction in a small group with a high-quality teacher, however the district um, defines high quality. And uh, what we find is that the um, Acceleration Academy participation uh, appears to explain about half of the overall turnaround effect in math and actually explains all of the effect in English language arts. So all of the gains in ELA are concentrated among the kids who who participated in this um, in this program. That's amazing. From a policy perspective, what, what can da- states and districts learn from your work? Sure. So I think there are sort of three, three, three things. Um, one is related to these acceleration academies that, that we, I was just describing. So I think readers of this study might be surprised that the district was able to get these large gains um, while only actively replacing about 10% of the teachers in that first year. But, you know, I think one thing to keep in mind is that these acceleration academies could at least in part be thought of as a human capital um, intervention because essentially what the district was doing was trying to get students more time in front of uh, high quali- the high-quality teachers that they already did have within the district, right? So without recruiting a whole new teaching force, how can we kind of get more out of the teachers that, you know, the great teachers that we do have in the district? And so, um, you know, I think that this is a policy districts can can look to regardless of kind of whether they're involved in a major sort of formal turnaround effort. Um, third and finally is that for you know a related project, I have uh, found that the Lawrence turnaround appears to be um, less kind of politically contentious than um, more typical cases of kind of takeover and turnaround. So keep a lookout for a follow-up paper on on the politics in Lawrence. We definitely will. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thank you for listening to Research Minutes. To share your thoughts on this discussion, head to KHUB Conversations at cprehub.org. To subscribe to our weekly podcast and listen to more interviews, head to soundcloud.com forward slash CPRI Knowledge Hub. And for the latest videos, podcasts, and discussion updates, follow us at CPRI Hub on Twitter and CPRI Knowledge Hub on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.